The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by a guest speaker. The statements, views, and opinions presented in this message are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. That's online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Well, it's a pleasure to be able to open the Word with you this morning and to meditate For the next few minutes, uh, one of the critiques I get as a pastor is I try and pack too much in to the 25, 30 minutes that I normally preach for. I've only got 15 minutes now, and I'm already nervous because I've got, I think, too much to to try to communicate, but please bear with me. If I speak a little bit too fast, it's it's nerves. (laughs) That's, That's also okay, and I think it's very appropriate because the 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 topic for this morning is uh, that, that psychological slice of the image of God. And uh, I certainly don't image God perfectly, image Christ perfectly in terms of my, my psychology, and nor do you. And I think that, you know, as pastors, as those who otherwise are coming alongside of the saints within the body of Christ, we're called to carry each other's burdens and in a time where you know, we think about justice, you know, the justice that has been served in Christ and the justice that we seek to, to, to make manifest within the polity of Christ's church as well as the civil kingdom, we, we have to do a battle, we have to give an apologetic for the social justice uh, that is uh, our cultural milieu now thanks to postmodernism. So whether you're in the pink city of Cape Town or Southern California, you know, we, we have to deal with that. But what does it mean to be a covenantal creature? Which means we, we bear God's image in covenant. And I think what we would all agree upon is that integral to imaging God is justice. And so I want to just very briefly uh, set forth for you that collage of image-bearing that's there in Adam, under Noah, and in Christ. Well, I realize I'm, I'm very much speaking to the choir here. It's, it's quite a relief, <laughs> because you know, preaching on the southern tip of Africa, I'm always having to unpack a lot of terms that I learned here. And so I'm just going to assume I'm not going to have to define covenants. But I think what is useful to be reminded of, or perhaps is is new to some of you, whether you, you, know, you I'm assuming there's some first-year students here. Adam bore God's image in the context of a covenant of works. And central to that was a right ethical response to God. Not just verbally, but with one's entire body. You could say that, and this is, this is a, I've, plagiarized this from Bessel van der Kolk. He's a Dutch psychotherapist, written that, a very useful book on, called The Body Keeps Score. And in a sense, the body kept score, the body mapped the covenant that God made with Adam prior to the fall. Adam and Eve, as male and female, were to be fruitful and multiply and exercise dominion. They were to fulfill the cultural mandate, 
not just in terms of their souls, but in terms of their bodies. They could not be those royal ambassadors without using their bodies in the right way. I mean, their bodies were outfitted in order to fulfill that mandate. The potency of Adam, the receptivity of Eve. But beyond body and soul, imaging God in totality, there's this this psychological body unity. We call it a psychosomatic unity. So beyond the body and the soul, interpenetrating, you have, you can't just excise the psychological. And so we see that in, I don't have the time to read the relevant passages, but you know them well. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Then uh, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now with the the coming of Satan's diabolical temptation through words, you have the overturning of that covenant at creation. You have injustice. You have certainly a a form of the cultural mandate going forward. Here, Satan offers dominion, a kingdom, but not on the terms that God impressed upon his image bearers. Here is dominion without confirmation in righteousness or in justice. And so here, Adam and Eve, they image Satan. They employ these defenses. You see a psychology at play here, which is made manifest bodily insofar as Adam and Eve realized they were naked and they were ashamed. They knew their guilt as covenant breakers. It's no, I think, coincidence that in terms of the curse upon them, they're cursed in terms of their procreative abilities. Adam won't have the uh, testosterone, the strength bodily in parts to fulfill the cultural mandate with ease, with sweat and toil. Eve will be and has been her posterity cursed in childbearing, childrearing. We could go on. But we move to uh, Genesis 8 and 9 as another snapshot of this constellation or collage of, of image bearing. And you have the social justice, if you will, the postmoderns don't get a monopoly on that term, of the image under Noah. Yeah, you do have the, something of a refraction of the covenants that God entered into with Adam and Eve. And, but here is a, an important element that gets introduced, and that is a, 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 a you know, strict proportional justice is tempered by forbearance. And I think this is, so I want to take this slice of psychology uh, and lift it out for you again. Uh, certainly this, this forbearance that we're to 
make manifest to the world around us is part of our bearing God's image in covenant, under this covenant. And it's in terms of a, a reciprocity, a mutuality that that allows for the breaking of the moral law, the natural law. There's a, there's a an account God makes for the fact that sinners inhabit a civil kingdom now, where there is the need for justice. But if it were strict, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, there would be no culture making. But one of, the, one of the downsides we see psychologically as a result of, I think, the, again, the constellation of bearing Adam's image, and then you've got the Noahic covenant, is that what you find with those that are emotionally immature, their tendency to split, to, to, to just categorize things as either all good or all bad. And we, we see that. In the pandemic, if you will, of narcissism in our contemporary society. It's always been there. You see it with the Pharisees in the first century. But it makes us, I think, should make us think of Proverbs and the, the cause and effect that you find there. Take, for example, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6, which is, you know, if we think of Proverbs as that, that book that sets forth natural law wisdom for us, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Well, you watch the ant and its industriousness. You try to steer clear of the wayward woman so you don't get burned, like holding coals close to the breast. You know, there's, there's a, a, a path set before you. If you keep the law, you will do well relatively speaking. I mean, this, is, this governs life in the public square. But it's easy to absolutize that. And I think that's part of the psychology, the anti-natural law that we encounter as pastors, as congregants, to engage Christians and non-Christians. And we need to be aware of this. This informs our wisdom, which is part of a, a collage that, that no doubt has cruciform wisdom at play as well. And so we as believers, as we see our failures as we try to fulfill the Noahic covenant, the cultural mandate, our failures to love our neighbor and glorify God in doing so, that drives us to Jesus Christ. For we as Christians bear the image of Christ, the one who, who, who took to himself human flesh, he was and is embodied as the perfect psychological man, the perfect image bearer of God in his humanity. And he comes as the second Adam to fulfill justice. But in the process of fulfilling justice, he inverts justice insofar as in order to fulfill his mission He suffered injustice at the hands of sinners with their malevolence, with their theology of glory, with their, you've got the hordes of 
personality-disordered individuals because of the fall. But despite that, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And so we have that as part of our psychological makeup now as disciples of Christ, as we follow in the pattern of Jesus. And so again, we have this collage or imprint of the first Adam, fulfilling our image bearing under the Noe covenant. We have to do battle with Satan and the world. The, the, so there's that imprint of Satan as well that certainly does not consign us to judgment. And then we bear Christ's image. And we brush shoulders with people. You perhaps are someone that struggles psychologically. And we, all, we more or less do. I have folk in our congregation who are schizophrenic. I have one lady that's pretty much, uh, sadly, incapacitated in totality, psychologically. And so here is this, the the victory of Christ hidden behind suffering. The body is wasting away, but inwardly we are being renewed. Even to the extreme where someone's uh, faculties emotionally and mentally are so, so marginalized. But this is the way of God. This is the way his kingdom comes. Justice has been served for us in Christ as his people, his church. The shame and guilt that Adam and Eve felt. And we feel it. Because we still have the old man. We say there's that archetype, if you want to use Jungian categories that we have to reckon with and we have to speak back to. We have to be preached out of and find our joy in the midst of our sorrows. And part of the sorrows we are to bear is is dealing with the conviction of the law, but then also our sufferings in this present evil age. And so take, for example, Psalm 55, which puts, puts it so powerfully thinking about the emotional consternation that we have to deal with from time to time. Psalm 55, verse 20 and following. My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days. But I will trust in you. Friends, as you go forward, whether you are going on to, aspiring to be a candidate for pastoral ministry you're coming along, women and children in the ministry of the church, you're going to have to deal with pathologies in the midst of renewal in the whole man, including our psychology. The renewal in the image of Christ, you will have to deal with, I think, perhaps most pressing to most of us is the pseudo-justice of social postmodern, woke warrior, social justice, which is really 
a power play. It's a disembodied power play. Deconstructs male and female for the sake of establishing a kingdom, a dominion that is anti-Christ. We will continue to be scapegoated as individual Christians, just like Christ. The church will be, de- it will be scapegoated and canceled as well. That we can be of good courage, for we are in covenant with God through Christ, which is unbreakable, unshakable. We are image bearers of Jesus Christ. May God give us wisdom as we inhabit God's two kingdoms. May we apply ourselves to the word and sacrament ministry of the church. May we revel in the Psalms. I can just get that in there. Meditate upon them. Sing them. But they are so rich. They recalibrate our emotions. They help us to include emotions we may have lopped off, cut off, because of our shame, because of our pride and our insecurities. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we ask that you would please be with this institution. May it continue to be used by you in Southern California and beyond. For Christ, for his church, for your glory, O God. Be with, particularly with students here that are are struggling psychologically, emotionally, depression, anxiety. May they know your comfort. May they get the support they need. May they get the help they need to carry the burdens that are unique to this time in their lives. Please forgive us of our sins in Christ's name. Amen. Copyright 2022, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.